We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partners in crime this evening, Steve Goldstein and former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. It has been a long, long time since we've been on the air, but it is now just about time for us to kick off the season. It's a, I got a, geez, a lot, a lot on our plate tonight, a lot to talk about and a lot this week because I've got some 
some material for everybody to listen to that I have been stocked away that I haven't had time to actually get out because of life. And now it's all here. Like next Friday night, no, I'm losing track of days. Sunday night, Sunday night football, we're watching the Rams and the Cowboys from SoFi week one. Holy, holy crap. Jeez. Mike, going to you first, man. How's that feel? Week one is actually just a week away and we have a roster now. Man, it legitimately feels pretty odd because we haven't had any preseason. So we haven't had anything to like lead up to opening day. But at the same time, very exciting, very exciting to see the new stadium. Got to see uh, the guys out there do an inter-squad over there. So uh, beautiful uh, place to, to play in. And so we're just going to see. I'm, I'm sure there's not going to be really that many fans. But uh, nevertheless, it is opening day. Steve, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm fired up. It's it's great that this uh, day opening day is almost here. I mean, it was just a couple months ago that we were talking about you know maybe not having a season or or delaying the season and and lots of question marks surrounding that. But uh, now that it's here, we can we can talk football. And uh, it looks like the league is doing a a real good job with the protocols, and the players are doing a real good job taking care of their business. So. Uh, Looks like we're ready to have a we're going to have a season. So yeah, very fired up and very fired up about the fifty uh, three man roster that uh, was established today, along with the practice squad. Well, that fifty three man roster has some interesting things going on with it. There's some concerns, at least in my view. I'm hope, hoping you guys can convince me I'm wrong. I have some doubts, but it's a younger roster. This team is getting younger. They had to get younger. They had to start cutting money. They certainly did that. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens as they face in a young Cowboys team. And to be honest, I'm not sure what to make of it. Steve, you're pretty much the always the optimist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really are. So be the optimist here. Tell us how True. you feel about this roster. True. Oh, I, I like the roster. Um, you know, like we kind of pointed out ad nauseum I, I, the, the offense has a lot of the same players coming back with the exception of Gurley, and i know that's that's a big piece and, and the running the running back by committee is is still obviously a question mark when it looks like malcolm brown's going to be starting um from what sean McVay has said and and then cam Akers will obviously get his his turn in the rotation and and we'll see if daryl henderson's going to be healthy enough uh to play but uh you know, like I said, I, you know, the, the wide receivers are basically the same, you know, with the addition of, I know we lost Cooks, but the addition of Van Jefferson looks very, very promising. He could be uh, the third receiver even in front of Reynolds at this point. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see on Sunday night. But, uh, you know, and the offensive line is always the key. So, you know, they're, they're returning lots of guys who've got a lot of snaps and, and we'll see. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see on the defensive side of the ball what's going to what's going to happen, you know, with the new defensive coordinator. But, you know, I, I am the optimist and I'm still sticking with 11 and five. And, uh, I, I, I believe that, uh, that they are, they are going to be good. And I think their offense is, I think their offense is going to be really, really good. The offense should be ahead of defenses. You would think without any type of real practice games, uh, preseason games, you would think the offense, um, might be ahead of the defense. I, I don't know. Remains to be seen. Mike, you said you went to camp, so I, I want to hear some thoughts from you about what you saw and 
And uh, really, how'd this roster shake out for you? Well, I, I mean, I didn't actually go to camp. I just, you know, got a chance to see a lot of, uh, you know, what was going on there. Uh, but for me, I'm, I'm probably leaning more like you and that. But I've said all along, this is kind of a, a throwaway year, in, in my opinion. I think everybody's going to get a mulligan, uh, you know, just to get a season going, I think is a win for the league just to kind of keep it fresh. So I think uh, having said that, all the moves and things that are going to go on with the roster, I think are really in preparation for next year. Now they're not going to come out, McVay, nobody's going to come out and say that's what the plan is, but it's it's a little bit obvious to me uh, as we're getting younger as well. You know, I saw a couple reports that, you know, some of the guys defensively are, you know, trying to get up to speed really on a new defense, which I said, it's very tough because t- typically when you have a new coach, new defensive staff or, or DC, new coordinator come in, typically you have a minimum of three voluntary uh, camps during that off season. And so to not have anything and then have, you know, these last couple weeks of practice, uh, I, I think the defense is going to be a little bit behind. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I think that I think that heading into the season when they off season when they made the moves they made when they went out and got Ashawn Robinson and you know they had Traven Howard stepping up and now Terrell Lewis to go and get him and guys are going to develop. But they thought these are players who have a future and those three right now are not playing. And we don't know when they're going to be back on the field. To me, the linebacking core was already an issue for me. And, of course, a defensive tackle being Ashawn Robinson. He was supposed to be the partner next to Brockers and, and so on and so forth to be the run-stopping core here. I'm really concerned about the middle of the Rams' defense. I'm concerned about the whole unit. But I'm, I'm with you, Mike, on the defense. I'm wondering, personnel-wise, if... The, all the movements to try and free up cap space and get younger on the roster kind of put in the back burner some needs at linebacker, especially. I'm concerned. But maybe they you know, we didn't see camp. We weren't there. We weren't we didn't have all these days during July and into August and so on and so forth where we got to see what the coaches see. This team is gonna who knows what the team looks like. Who knows what they do against Dallas, I have. You guys have already heard my thoughts concerning what what Dallas is bringing back, but I'm telling you, I am really, oof, I'm really concerned about this defense. They got players, they got talent. Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill are proven. John Johnson, Taylor Rapp. The secondary is gonna be fine. It's man, that front seven outside of Aaron Donald. I'm concerned. I'm not gonna lie. So top me off the ledge, Steve. I'm not even trying to be a negative Nancy. Well, I'm just concerned. No. Yeah, I'll I'll talk you off the ledge. First of all, the three the the, the three guys on the defensive line. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Ashawn Robinson is a, is a, is going to be missed and for however long he's he's out whether it's, you know, I think it's I think it's a minimum of 6 games right now. Um but, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day played pretty well um last year. 
And so basically the defensive line, you got the same three guys as, as you had last year. And, you know, they, they weren't <laughs> – anytime you have the best player in football on your defensive line, as one-third of that defensive line, I, I, I can't say that it's going to be, you know, a disaster. I think, I think their defensive line will be just fine. Obviously, I, I like the secondary as much as you do. I probably even like it maybe even a little bit more because people forget that John Johnson's played a lot of football and Taylor Rett played a lot of football in his rookie year last year. John Johnson's going to have the green dot this year. Um taking over for Corey Littleton. Uh, I'm sorry, taking over for Eric Weddle, who had it last year. Um, but, you know, you're right. The middle of the defense, the, the linebackers are, you know, a question mark right now. Uh, Leonard Floyd's played a lot of football, and obviously he's played in Staley's defense. So you, you have to assume he's going to be okay. Um, and Samson Epicom has played a lot of football for us, and we've seen him come show up in, in big games at big times. So... Uh, I think he can only get better as well, and uh, but the middle, the middle in terms of the middle linebackers, yeah, Micah Kaiser's never played a, a, a meaningful snap in the middle before in the NFL, so that's a big question mark. Uh, Kenny Young, you know, he played a lot when he was in Baltimore uh, as a rookie, but he hasn't really played much since, and so that's a big question mark. So yeah, the middle defense in terms of linebackers. Are a big question mark, but I think you have enough in the, at the defensive line and enough in the secondary. And you have to remember also, they're not going to be running all. I mean, yes, the the base defense is going to have two two linebackers in the middle, but you know, one of those guys are coming out on, you know, on the nickel and dime packages where you're going to have you know maybe Burgess coming in, or maybe you have the nickel come in and Ramsey comes down. You don't know. We don't know what Staley's going to do at this point. But the point is, one of those linebackers is probably coming out, you know, on on a couple of those downs. So, you know, is the is it that important that that player be, you know, really really good to the overall impact of the defense? I don't know. You you can you can say maybe not, and maybe that's not such a big impact. But you know, th- I think that obviously that's the, that's the question. Uh, you, you don't have to be a a diehard Rams fan to look at the roster and, and see that that's definitely the question mark on defense. But you know, I think I think they could they could still pre- be pretty good. And you know, Staley is uh, a guy who's getting high marks from from pretty much everybody, all the all the players. And of course, they're going to say good things about the new coach. I understand that, but it seems like uh, m- most of it is 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 pretty uh, pretty legitimate. So. I, I think they're going to be fine on defense. You know, I think the kicking game is going to be <laughs> going to be a uh, a big question mark. I mean, in terms of obviously not Hecker, but uh, we have a rookie we have a rookie place kicker, so that's going to be uh, something to watch because you know we've been spoiled with uh, Greg the Leg for the last seven years. It's always the case though when you let somebody you could depend on go. I mean, we're giving me concerns there. The fact that I think they had a pretty strong competition during camp i'm not as worried i'm i'm still worried you know the linebacking core also i have concerns about another unit as well but i want to get mike's last thoughts because justin hollins gets picked up on waivers from denver i mean former player first daily in denver mike any closing thoughts on those linebackers yeah, I mean, uh, I want to ask Steve. Steve, uh, where did Coach Staley come from? He, well, he was with Denver last year. Last he was with year. Denver last year, right? Right, and, and then he was with Chicago. Linebacker for them. 
And then he was with Chicago before that. Yeah, but who played outside linebacker for Denver? Van, Von Miller. Exactly. So when you go, oh, you know, linebacker, cool. we don't really need to, I don't worry. Yeah, that's an important position for the L.A. Rams. They need to have playmakers at that position to make that defense go the way he wants it to go. It's based on old school playing back in the day with Kevin Green on one side, Wilcher on the other. You know, a 3-4 could drop down to a 4-3 or to a 5-2, depending on how they lined up. But you got to have the versatility at that outside linebacker position, and those inside linebackers have to be stout. So it can't be, yeah, we don't really need yeah, okay, guys, because they're not really going to be running defense. No, defenses start off the game. They're going to put the big dogs out there. They don't start out the game playing nickel and dime in a hybrid 3-4-4-3. No, they're putting the big dogs out there. And the big dogs stop them, put them in now, second and extra long or third and six plus, and then the nickel and the dime packages get to come on the field for hopefully passing downs. So it's very, you know, as Derek is kind of alluding to, it's it's going to be something to me. Just some reports is like, yeah, that's going to be a situation. But you see, they snatch up a guy that they go, you know, man, forget this. He knows what to do. Let's bring him in. So, yeah, that, he played a, he played a lot of football for uh, Denver last year as a rookie too. So, right. uh, so injury, they had injuries. Guy. Yeah, no, he's guy. not going to be ready. He, he he's not going to be ready for 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 probably three games to to play. And, you know, so, I mean, depending on what Terrell Lewis' situ- medical situation is. Why wouldn't um, he be ready for three games? What do you mean? Well, first of all, I mean, you could assume that part of the defense that Staley ran in Denver last year is going to be is being kind of the same. But I'm sure he's changed. He wasn't a defensive coordinator at Denver. He's only outside linebacker. So I'm sure he's kind of put his own twists and turns in. Yeah, but it. he's running that system there, Steve. He's running the system, right, but he but he hasn't been in, he hasn't been in camp with them, so they expect him to come in oh. week one and plug him in right away. Who are you going to plug him in for? Yeah, I, I, I would think differently. Kenny think, Young. Well, who think are you differently. Plug him in for well, who are you gonna, who, okay. who who wouldn't you think about this? The, he's a fifth round draft pick who the Broncos cut. To me, the only reason why they go get him is because they can plug him in right away. Because he knows Saley's system. The only reason. Yeah, yeah, but week three is not that far away. I'm not saying he's not going to play till week 14. You know, I'm just saying no. it might take him a week or two to get up to speed with the actual defense because it's not going to be the exact same Vic Fangio defense that they ran in Denver last year. Steve, right? let me just hook you to something. Okay. When they bring a guy in in this type of situation, they don't care. They'll get him on the chalkboard and they'll be in meetings. And believe me, he's going to be on the field come he's, Sunday. He's on. He's going to be on the field they're this not, Sunday. They're not going to bring a guy in that has played for a former coach, and they're going to sit him around for two or three weeks. That ain't how the NFL works. He's not going to start on Sunday night. I well, no, he's, he's not, not going to start. Yeah, he's going to play. I guarantee you he's going to see the field a lot. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing is, they were trying to uh, cross train him last year, so they 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 were cross training him at at inside and outside. He he was basically an outside linebacker at Oregon, but he had played some inside, and they were trying to cross train him last year. So he basically played outside last year when they had those injuries, um, and then I guess 
you know, there's obviously a reason Denver released him, right? I mean, I know there's numbers, games, and things like that, and you know, he's a very he was a very highly thought of uh, draft draft guy. He's got all the measurables, but you know, I think the problem was he wasn't picking up the inside linebacker position the way they wanted to as quickly as they wanted him to. So. I don't know that you're going to be able to just plug him in for, for a Kenny Young or if he's going to be part of the rotation at inside or he's going to be part of the rotation at outside. He will be part of the rotation. He'll be part of the regular rotation, no doubt. I'm just saying week one impact, I don't know it's going to be so great. It might be more, it might be more special teams um, than, than actual defensive snaps week one. So, I'm not but saying. He's a, I'm, he's a, I'm he's not a saying, good player. He's a good player. I'm not player. saying. But yeah. what you're missing, Steve, I'm telling you what happens in the NFL he played directly for the now defensive coordinator. It wasn't like a defensive coordinator on another team. No, he sat in the coach who's now the defensive coordinator meetings every single day. He played for him. Right. So my thing is, he's not going to bring a guy in that can't do the job. They say, hey, Staley, man, we got this guy available. Man, what you think about him? Hey, coach, bring him in right now. We need him. That's how it went. And they picked the dude up. And believe me, they're going to, I keep saying, I keep saying this. There's no preseason games this year. Most of these teams are going to use the first two, three, maybe even four games as sort of their preseason games. Oh, they're going to play a lot of guys. Yes, I agree. So that being the case, they're not bringing this guy in here to just go ride the pine or let him go after a week or two. That's not what they're doing. I never said that. I, I said he just might not be starting. Well, I'm not saying starting, but yeah, yeah. No, like he's gonna I'll, he's gonna be in the rotation. It's I'm like I tell my kids. Be, yeah, it doesn't matter if you play the first snap or the last snap. You got to be an impact player when you end. A lot of yeah. people get caught up on starting. Okay, you start the game and play five snaps. The other guy comes in and plays the other sixty-five. Who's the real starter? Right. No, I, I get that. I get that. I. I I, I, I'm gonna say it like he's this. A good, he's he's a good player. <laughs> he is a good player. He's well, a good football player. I got no problem with him. I, I don't know I'm just how saying, you got the impression. You're, you're not I didn't gonna, think holy he was a guy moly! Just not even eight months ago, played guys, for guys, the guy guys. Who the defensive coordinator. Let me put the book in on this. All right, I'm always going to put a prediction right now. He's playing at least thirty percent of the snaps this Sunday. Okay, he, certain situations that were his role in Denver. That's where he's going to be on Sunday. That's I, I I doubled you down. I'll double you up. He'll play more like 50%. Okay, and I'm actually leaning that way. I'm being very, very conservative with 30%. And I also believe this, too. Denver letting him go the way they did. He's, he was only taken last year, and he was a contributor last year. I think that says a lot about really what kind of player he is. And what I mean by that, he's a system guy. The system in Denver doesn't work for him, and he's gone. So, but who system did? Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Come on. Let me finish a sentence. Come on. Let me say it this way. What this tells me is the Rams jumping and getting him right away. That he is a fit for that system. No doubt. There's no doubt. He is. So, Staley, Staley went to bat for him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you yeah, guys just, remember when how Jimmy Garoppolo got to the San Francisco 49ers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a backdoor handshake deal. Hey, man, we're going to make sure that you do well in your first year as a coach. We're going to now give you basically a quarterback. 
Jimmy, thank you very much, Bill Belichick. So my thing is, when you see something like this, it's a handshake deal. And it's to but, help Staley look good as a first-year defensive coordinator now playing for the Rams. This kind of stuff, look, you don't really get guys that just played for you last year. They just automatically just somehow show up on your roster. I'm telling you guys, these kind of things happen in the homie hookup room of the personnel directors and, and coaches and owners. Hey, man, we, we're going to help you out. They did have to waive him, though. I mean, they had to go through waivers. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, okay, I, I mean, you're, 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 you've been there, you know, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question that. But it, it's hard for me to believe that Vic Fangio gave up on a guy who thought he could help his football team, so Brandon Staley could succeed in L.A. That, that, that. Well, Vic Fangio's in, in Chicago, though. He's not in Denver anymore. They, they're changing the system in Denver. So that that kind of changes the game now. He's, they don't they don't need that guy. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is right. when you when you right. have a when you have a roster in place now where you're changing up the system that was, which I don't I think is kind of idiotic because De- Denver's defense was actually pretty freaking good last year. Um, it, what they're really telling me is two things: a, he's not a, a good fit in Denver. He's I mean, he's probably not the kind of guy who's going to be able to play in different systems, but he can play in, in Daly's system. That's where he can go. Vic Fangio's the head coach at Denver. Vic Fangio's the head coach at Denver. They're 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 running they're running the same same system. They got the same DC that they had last year. I, I, am I mixing things up? So, oh, you know I mean, what I am because uh, yeah, I don't. I was yeah, thinking he was so coaching Chicago like a bonehead. No, no, you're right. So I, there's a reason, you know. There's a reason he he was released and and I, again. Michael, I'm not saying he's not a good football player. I think he's a good football player, and I think you're right. Eventually, he's going to play significant snaps for this team, significant st- snaps, because he's – I mean, if you look at him just physically, he's he's long and he's like 6'5". He's exactly what Staley wants. He, he's, he's, exact, he's the prototype. So he is going to play a lot of football for this team. I'm just saying, you know, week one, I wouldn't expect the guy come in there and, and, and play – 50% of the snaps and get three sacks. And we, and we don't even know what position they really are going to groom him for at this point because we don't know if he's going to play inside or outside. They only have three inside linebackers on the whole roster right now. Well, if you want to include uh, Hollins, they have four. But, you know, they only really have the three other inside linebackers. So they, they do have a depth issue at inside linebacker if somebody goes down. So are they going to be cross-training him? Are they going to be training him at inside as well as outside? I don't know. And that's why, to me, he's not really a guy who maybe has that position. You know, and also they have Okoronko, who played a lot of football for them last year at outside linebacker, who's going to get a lot of snaps in the opener as well, um, especially if it looks like Terrell Lewis isn't going to be available. So, um, you know. So we'll see. They also Jakai Polite made the fifty-three man roster. So he's another guy who uh, oh, was working with the second team during during practice. And if you saw the tape of Jakai Polite at Florida, man, that guy uh, he's he's got some impressive tape. So he's he's a, he's another guy who's going to be who's going to be in that mix for outside linebacker. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he had some off the field uh, issues. Uh, you know, he, he's a first round talent, but his off the field issues make him an undrafted free agent. So, just want to but, note this uh, too. Um, the Broncos kept nine linebackers, including Mark Barron. 
Yeah, I mean, they just signed him. Right? I mean, Mark Barron, Austin Kalitra. Mark Barron is is not really a what would be the old school Vic Fangio kind of player in the middle. So they are changing things in Denver. Vic Fangio is changing the defense there for whatever reason. And Hollins is no longer a fit. So I'm just curious as to how – I'm curious about two things. I'm curious as to how Denver defense looks now on the field because what they did right last year worked. Their defense is pretty freaking good. So I'm wondering why they're switching around now. And two, I'm like, you know, wondering where um, where exactly Hollins fits, mostly because we don't know where the rest of this linebacking core fits. It's right. the big question. I'm like, it's, like it's, a, it's, where's the puzzle fit? Yeah, it's – it, yeah, it's up in the air. I mean, you got, I mean, be, behind behind Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young, you got Troy Reader, basically. And I mean, if you want to say Hollins is now another inside linebacker, you got a Hollins. But you know, now they do get to bring up um, two extra guys off the practice squad during the week who could be called up, who are going to be part of a fifty-five, who could be active on Sunday night. And Natres Patrick is another guy that they had last year who is now on the practice squad, who's another linebacker who could play inside and outside for, for depth if they had a couple injuries, um, if they felt like they needed a, another guy there. But, um, you know, it's it, it's, it just kind of depends who's healthy, who's healthy on Sunday. So, Well, you know, again, my, my only point, I know we got in some of the topics, DC, is this. There are two times when I was out of camp because of contract situations, came back basically three days of practice, played most of the special teams, and played the whole game on defense. So my thing is, if you're a guy who had no offseason, no summer, and you're getting off basically your couch, yeah, two, three, maybe even a month. But if this is a guy who's been in camp, he's been playing, he's already in close to game shape. So he's going to be in the same condition as everyone else on the Rams is. So my thing is, he has an actual advantage because he's already played in this system. The guys, the Rams, they're trying to learn it. He probably knows more than the guys that are here. So that's all I'm saying. It's not like he's going to be at any disadvantage because he's out of shape or disadvantage because he's now coming from a team and he has to learn a new system. He probably knows more than the guys that are here who've been trying to learn it this offseason through video. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt they got they 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 needed some depth at the position, and they brought in a guy who's familiar with the defense, and it was the best, obviously the best fit. It was a perfect waiver wire pickup for them. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed there weren't a lot of waiver wire pickups, by the way. It was just, you know, I think because of uh, of for whatever the reasons were, they ju- there just weren't a lot of a lot of waiver wire pickups. But it was a perfect it was a perfect pickup for them because there was a need at the position, and it was a guy who has played in the system before. So he will come up to speed very quickly as opposed to obviously somebody else who wasn't. So. All right. So now we can we move on. <laughs> there we go. The, 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 the other unit I'm concerned with, I mean, that's, I may, may surprise you guys a little bit, but I'm going to go with the wide receivers. i um, looking at what they have now. I'm concerned mostly because, 
they, didn't, they don't have anybody on, in that receiving core who was able to get separation last year. Now, that may change with the offensive line. The offensive line is expected to be better. It may change with more adjustments being made by the play calling. It may change with an improved running game. The running backs, even though Henderson's got some concerns, the running backs, I think, in my opinion, in my opinion are fine. They're going to be fine. So the, the linebackers are a question mark for me and the wide receivers. Here's the wide receivers that made the team. Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds. We know those three guys. And Simba Webster defined last year as a returner. Van Jefferson, the draftee. And Tristan Jackson, the undrafted free agent. And, you know, I think of all the years on the show where my view was the Rams didn't have number one receiver, didn't get that breakaway guy, the the kind of player like a Julio Jones or something like that to really kind of just separate that offense up. We thought we had some sounds of that when Cooks was there. His first year did fine. Second year hurt most of the year. And now I look at this unit, and I just have man, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, the good, the Derek, feedback is great. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Van Jefferson to me is, is, is so we keep talking about, keep hearing about. He could have Starbert all over him. I am concerned about the about the receivers. I have very poor, poor memories of just the way that unit could not get separation last year. I know you wouldn't go, well, Tyler Higby's there too, Gerald Everett's there too. I'm just concerned. I'm not saying they're going to suck or anything like that, but I'm concerned. I'm shutting up now. Derek, they had two wide receivers who had over 90 catches and over 1,000 yards last year. It's kind of hard to argue with that production. So I would take exception you to that. You want me to go on that one? Separation. Want me to go on that one? Okay, oh, let's go on that one. And then they let's have, go on they that. Have a third, third receiver, Josh Reynolds, who's played a lot of football for them over the past couple of years in big games where he's made big plays. So, and they have the rookie Van Jefferson, who, by all accounts, yes, it's 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 uh it's practice. I understand that, but by all accounts, and we've seen the video, we've seen everything. His separation skills are for a rookie, and everybody's been praising him from Aaron Donald to McVay to everybody. So to say that this is an area of concern, I I would take an issue with that. Cause Fine, I, I take an issue with it, but I'm going to make this argument back. You can make and 150 catches, go for 2,000 yards, and it's not going to be Jack if you're not getting downfield. You could dink and dunk to the pit, Tom Brady – Death by paper cut all you want. That's what happened to the team last year. They couldn't get anything beyond 15 yards, and despite the fact you had two people with 95 catches or whatever they are, they could not get beyond that. They, 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 they could not get deep. They couldn't even find a way to stretch deep. Look at how many deep passes were completed last year compared to the two years prior. And what happened in the running game because of it and vice versa. They couldn't play off each other, couldn't do anything, and they became a limited offense that relied on very few things to be successful. We saw a significant drop-off, and one of the main things because of that because it was because they could not get deep. This was a problem last year. We could talk about Cooper Cup and how he got 95 catches, but even Cooper Cup wasn't getting separation like we want him to. Same for Robert Woods. They need separation. They don't have the number one receiver who can create underneath for them in a way that will give them more yak than we thought they could. 
I know that you want to argue that point, but tell me again. Go back and look at the film. When they got significant separation throughout the year, it didn't happen. The stats even show it. It's not about 95 catches for 1,500 yards. It's about yak. It's also about yards per catch. 35 yards, 40 yards, 50 I, I, yards. I, I, how, how often I, was that happening? I think, I, I think you should look at the statistics about the yak and, and the Rams receivers. Yes, okay. I think okay, but it, very surprised. Well, yes, I'm talking about on deep throws. On deep throws, catch and run. How many? How many, How often happened last year, Steve? How often did it actually happen? Are you talking about? Are you talking about? I'm, the, I'm go- in the air longer than I'm, fifty yards, forty I'm, yards. I'm talking. talking listen, about? Or are you because talking we, about they had a lot of this. Dake and dunk, fifteen yards, pick and go. I get that, but you can't live off that, man. You cannot live off that. You gotta stretch that field. Well, the quick, all, the quick strike the play, in the Rams' the, offense the is gone last action, year. The play action game, which is. A, a huge part of their their game, uh, where he does go downfield a lot on play action, uh, was really limited because the run game was bad, right? So that was a problem. And without the run game, you know they they were playing deep. They were playing deep safeties. And so yeah, so sometimes you have to play to what the defense gives you. And so there were a lot of times last year where Goff went back to throw, and and that and then you could tell his first read was deep downfield, but he, the guy wasn't open, so he had to go throw underneath. Say it again. So I think Say, that part is... Guy wasn't open. You're, you're proving my point. He wasn't open. They weren't open. They were never open, they even when they didn't play the deep. The defense is playing two deep safeties. Not every game and not every play. The they couldn't get separation, they dude. Run game, so, the run, so they had no respect. The team, defensive teams had no respect for their run game. Listen, Zero. None. You can even go back to film from 2018, and we saw a lot of the same problems. Outside of Brandon Cooks, how often were they getting separation? Go back to the film. They were one of the golf's golf's. Um, you could again average per per attempt was one of the highest in the NFL. It is yes, but how much of it is because these guys are great in the field? I'm talking about solely being able to stretch the field, so you don't have to go run for it. You don't have to go for the 15. Intermediate route well, and hope and pray they for, break whether, free. Whether you catch for ten and run for thirty, or you throw for forty, it's all the same. Okay, but you have to be able to throw you for know. forty in this league. You know that, right? You know that because in the end, if you can't throw for forty, they're just going to cramp down and start picking these players at the line because they're not afraid of you going deep. They're going to rush that quarterback even much more because they're not afraid of you going deep. Yeah, I mean, but it's all predicated on the run game, right? It's all pre- predicated on be able to run the ball, so you're able to. Uh, to to have play action and and that's that's their bread and butter. I mean that's McVay and Golf's bread bread and butter. Is it is, but it also now. relies they on people being able, able to get open. That last year, like they were in 2018. In 2018, they still had their moments where they couldn't get separation. Those dude, same guys, dude. Bowl. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> and you a, know what? A, like a, okay, so wait, <laughs> there was a perfect team in 2018. Even though they went to Super Bowl, are we forgetting some of the struggles they had? They were human, like everybody else. I'm saying. This is a weakness within that unit. Is these guys thus far, and Jefferson is an exception because we've seen limited, we've heard great things. But I'll tell you one thing we also heard last year. We heard lots of great things going into the season last year as well. And look how that went. It wasn't what anybody wanted. Mike, you're quiet, man. We're bickering. Mike, you're Mike, tra- go, ch- go, go. I'm in on this conversation. Well, it's just kind of hilarious listening to you guys uh, because, yes, Derek, you make great points. You got to have somebody, as they say, take the top off the defense. Steve, it doesn't matter if they're playing two deep safety or even quarters. If you got a guy who can run faster than the other guy, you're going to have to line up 
30 yards deep to stay with him. So uh, the thing is, if we had a guy like a Tariq Hill, then it doesn't matter how deep. He's going to get deep on you at some point in time. Or the threat of him going deep, they're going to now be able to hit the deep crosser. We don't have either of that. So we don't got a guy who make threaten you, get you to open, even if you're playing a two-deep safety, and, and then run a deep cross on you. You don't have to really worry about that. You well, know, and, we, and if, yeah. you, if you did, now you try to jump that crosser, and I just, you know, give you that one step in and hit that gas, and we just throw over the top. Got you. So the thing is, I'm a little concerned overall, uh, again, because you haven't had the real snaps that you need to actually see what you really have. So, again, I'm going on record. These first two, three, and even maybe four games are going to be the real preseason, and then games will start getting better because now it's actually playing football. So it's just going to be tough to to really see what you really have, and that's why I said a couple weeks back when we talked about the schedule, Dallas is going to have an advantage, even though they're going on the road because they got all their big heavy dogs in camp, and they all know what they're doing, same offense, defenses, they don't have all this newness going on. So that's why I give them advantage, even though they're going on the road. Everything to me changes if two things happen. If Van Jefferson gets separation and that offensive line shows, those two things happen, then we're going to have a running game, and then that issue of separation with the other receivers goes away. And then in that point, Steve, you're dead right. You're right 100% across the board. But everything has to work. If, if everything has to work, just like that, then you still have weaknesses in that receiving game you, you, that you wish weren't there. That's well, really what I'm trying to get to. Rece- I don't think it's the talent on the team. I think it's the fact that they weren't able to run the ball, and, and, and that's going to be the key again, right, is yeah. to be able to, to run the ball consistently, to get the four, four and a half yards of carry, uh, not the 3.6 that they had last year. So that, that's going to be the key, and then we all know the running game opens up the passing game, and, and it's, it's pretty simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. So it's, gonna, it's going to come down to that. Are they going to be able to run the football? Are, is is Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown, are they, are they going to be, you know, I mean, Ma- Malcolm Brown's never carried the ball more than, you know, a few times in, in, in a game. I know he started the, the Niners game last year, I believe, when, when Gurley was out. But, um, you know, we, we don't know if, if you know, h- how much of a, a load these guys are going to, you know, especially with the two young guys, we don't, we don't know. So, you know, the running game's everything. The offensive line is everything. I'm not worried about Jared Goff. I'm not worried about our wide receivers. I'm not worried about our tight ends. But, you know, we do have to worry about, about the run game. And, um, you know, that's going to be the key to everything. You'll notice I, I, didn't, I didn't say Goff. And I'm reasonably sure the, the offensive line will at least be better this year. I'm hoping they're more physical than they were last year. And when I'm talking about the receivers not saying they're a horrible unit or anything, but anybody who's ever listened to this podcast for years, when, regardless of who's hosting it with me, my biggest gripe has always been, where is that guy who will separate no matter what the situation is? That, that true number one. And maybe that guy is Van Jefferson, by the way. Maybe that's what they're. What, maybe that's what's wowing them in camp that we keep hearing about. Maybe that's what it is. And then I'll shut my pie hole real quick. 
But my concern is this, is even when the situation is not ideal, when the running game isn't going exactly how they want to go, or when the pass rushes on too much, can they still have somebody who can get separation to help stretch that field out, to force defenses to be honest instead of them dictating to the Rams' offense how it's going to be run? That's what my concern is. And to me, we, we could talk about the offensive line. We could talk about the running backs. Those X factors that the receivers can bring to the table will make a difference, especially for this team being as young as it now is. I just want, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally crapping on your point. I'm just saying this, this, the initial to be that, that special player that can get separation no matter what is needed on this team. And it wasn't there last year, and it wasn't there for vast parts of 2018 among the players who were who were there then and there now. I'll, I'll make a one. I'll make one last point. Guys who get separation aren't always the guys who run who run who are at the track speed, the world class track speed. A lot oh. of guys who get can get separation can run can run a four five four five five. And well, sure. uh, I know, I know, I know. Michael, Michael played Jerry Rice many, many times, right? <laughs> so, you know, he's not a guy that that ran a four four. Uh, so there, there, there's other ways to get separation. Yeah, but Steve, and- I never said a word about speed. I never said a word about four forty times or I just said separation. Well, you're I don't talking care about getting getting guys downfield. So I assume you meant guys who no, I'm talking who have the track speed like look, Brandon Cooks that get downfield and take the top off the defense. And no, I'm no, no, saying no, no. there's I'm other talking ways to about get separation. People who get separation, I don't care how they get them. I don't care if they can find a legal way to drop kick somebody. If they can get separation, well, you got get separation. Best, you have two of the two of the best route runners in the NFL are Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and and I I don't even yes. Think, so mean, then they're they're two of the top ten. Two of the top ten route runners probably in the NFL are Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So, okay. So I, then you know, let me I ask this question. I think it's hard question. to argue with the, with the so talent. Then, you then know, let the me ask you that there. question. Okay. Then what kept them from getting separation? Because you can't just say they were every single play where they went deep last year. They could. They well, it was keep, something else. Why do you keep saying they didn't get separation because they didn't catch sixty yards? No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I mean, That's not what I said. Don't you dare take it that way. That's not what I said. They had this, over 90 catches over 1,000 yards. That's a lot of separation. For every, listen, for every one of those catches, okay, we're talking about yards. I'm talking per catch. deep throws. Okay, if I go yards per catch, you can throw a yak in there. Okay, they're, they're great going across the middle. They're great on the, mid, the middling intermediate routes. Okay, we all know that. But I'm talking about the guy who finds a way, like a Jerry Rice, regardless of what the route is, to get deep. Okay? I'm not saying they're... they're I, I agree, they're great route runners. But what was missing from them, that they weren't able to do just that. Because there were many a times, especially later in the year when the offensive line solidified some, where there was time for Goff to throw. And there were times during the season last year where the running game did all right. And yet, throughout the year, all 16 games, they had a hard time separating on deep routes. The question's why. Is it experience for in, in Cups that Cup just needs more experience? Was, was Woods being used the wrong way? I'm not hinting or hitting at speed because we know for a fact that players like Jerry Rice 
we're not the fastest in the world. What's going on within that unit to where they could not get separation even when there was time available to them? That's what I want to know. Mike, do you know? No. Uh, bottom line is, again, uh, Cooper Cuff was still coming off the injury. So he was, yeah, back playing. I want to see him running this year, and we should be able to see a vast difference. Obviously, Brandon Cooks had the concussion stuff, so that was through a wrench in it. Yes, you have to combine a little bit of the non-existent running game on a lot of things and becoming more predictable. You know, that played a part as well. But when you're talking about having a guy to get – yeah, you don't need to maybe run four or five. You still got to be able to run certain routes. So when you talk about a Jerry Rice, they used to run a lot of slants, a lot of slants. We call them slants and straights, slant and straight from the running back. And then the next thing you know, it'd be a slant and go. So that's how Jerry would kind of get deep and things like that because they catch you at the right defense or the wrong defense, a right defense for the for the offense. And now you got a guy look like he's running wide open because now he's running a deep post and the safety jumped something underneath and he ran the post behind. So there's all kind of things schematically that can help you do that. So then it goes back to if we weren't able to do that, is it something in the scheme? Coach McVay, young guru, talented offensive mind, or was it something in, you know, guys just couldn't do it and he couldn't do it with the scheme? So uh, those are kind of questions that need to be asked because, again, when you're talking about wanting to throw the ball up the field, down the field, or whatever you want to call it, you have to have the threat of that somewhere else it's not going to be effective. If I know you got to try to go deep, hey, man, I'm going to just deepen up, and I'm just going to play the deep route. It's easy. But now once you're running crossers underneath, exchange routes, you know, post-corner routes, you know, deep crossers, short, shallow crossers, you know, your, your linebackers are biting up. Then that's a whole different thing. It looks like you're just running wide open. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's pretty much the show. I mean, we just really hit it hard there. You know, we you know, banging all over the place with this show today, including banging of whatever's in the background, someone's thing. I'm not sure if it's mine or if it's it's uh, Mike's or what's going on. Who's banging? Who's banging? I don't know. This week we got to have a midweek show, right? We have to preview the Cowboys. You guys yeah. in? No, that's, that's not me. Sound like somebody's making some uh, dinner. I, if, yeah, Michael. Michael's all over it. My my, my son's making dinner right now. I apologize. Right. <laughs> Had to talk a little bit. You were all so. over it. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Somebody's making dinner. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you should right. be a forensic. You should be a detective. <laughs> no, I'll leave that up to you guys. <laughs> all right. Anyways. So got. It is time for us to go. Um, a couple of things, a little, a little spicy night, and you know we love these guys very much. We'll always bicker, and then we'll get off. You know, we'll be fine. So in case you think we're all you know hate on each other today, no, 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 that's how we roll. Another thing too, we are looking for sponsors for the season. We actually we were in need of them because we won't be able to stay on the air. So hit us up, ranstalk nineteen forty five at gmail dot com. Uh, a couple of side notes here as well. Sorry, been away so much this summer. Uh, it's just been tough this last, especially I don't know what the last two weeks. 
I know Mike and Steve and I, we've been talking about getting on the air. Um, always have a podcast plan. I have actual podcast show to put out. But the reality is, is with uh, COVID, it's, it's struck my family pretty hard, man. I've been working night and day, night and day like crazy. Uh, don't get to see my kids very often. I don't know how you guys are doing. I think you're finally getting back to work, aren't you, Steve? And uh, I know, yeah, I know, Mike, you've been back. I mean, so it's been hard to um, it's been hard to get on the air, regardless of how much I love getting on the air talking around this football. It's been very difficult. This has been a mainstay of my life, podcasting Rams football now for almost four years. And for at least a while, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't even look at the numbers anymore because I can't bear to look. But for at least a while, we were one of the best Rams podcasts out there. And I got to believe that that's where we're going to be at the end of the year. I got to believe that this too shall pass in all of our lives, COVID and all the other issues going on in the United States today. And that will come out stronger than ever before. That's what I got to believe. And so for those who've been missing the show, well, we want to thank the Budding Heads crew for keeping Rams Talk Radio material out there. For the last, geez, two or three months, they've been carrying the load for shows. And I also want to thank these guys for always being willing to step up for a podcast because sometimes it's going to be like today. Like we say, hey, guys, on podcast tonight. And here we are. So all that said, any closing thoughts from Mike and from Steve, I'm going to go use Steve first. Well, uh, I just want to remind everybody that the uh, Seattle Seahawks will finish 7-9 and nine in last place in the uh, <laughs> NFC West this year. That will be my, my sign-off every single week. Uh, I'm going to speak it into existence, as LeVar Ball used to say. And, uh, no, I'm just excited about Sunday night, man. Sunday night, primetime, TV, nation watching. It's going to be the only game on at that at that time and it's going to be exciting so far unfortunately won't have any fans in the stands but uh you know it's still exciting to to look forward to to watching the game closing thoughts there mike yeah i'll just follow that and just say man i am just uh one thankful to just have you guys uh get on here and get to chop it up and and have some literally literally chop it up and And then uh, I'm just looking forward to our Sunday to Sunday because, again, you know, we haven't had a lot to go with as far as sports. I mean, I know the, the NBA finals and stuff or championships or playoffs are on, but, uh, you know, football is a pretty big role in the United States. And so, man, I'm excited just to see what our guys are doing against another team. I'm really excited to see that. All right. We'll be back midweek for sure. Check it out. See if we can get some uh, Cowboys personnel come on and talk a little bit of uh, Cowboys about you know to us to let us know what's going on. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Steve at Rams R Homes sixteen. Steve's quality sweets, and you can find Mike at one dude twenty three. Don't forget Rams Talk is at Talk Rams. We also have a Facebook group and page. Go check them out. And of course, our guys are putting out, still putting out, even though it's pretty quiet. Putting out great Rams written material at ramstalk.net. Go check it out. Again, one more time. We'll be back midweek for real. For reals. We're out of here. Have a great one. Later.
This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.